0: Hi and hello watch fans and welcome to another audicle analysis show with me your friendly neighbourhood watchmaker Rob Nuts, our resident provocateur David vauche and my regular co-host Alan Ben-Joseph who unfortunately is feeling a little bit under the weather today but did his utmost turn out in all this finery for the good of our ears. I'm going to kick this one over to David initially to give us a brief recap of the article we're going to be discussing, and that's, is the Tudor North flag the most discouraging watch in the watch industry ever? And then we're going to open up the table and see what we come up with between ourselves over the next 30 minutes or so. David, would you please take it away?
1: All right, well, thanks so much, Rob. Thanks so much, uh, Alan for, uh, well for making it, and uh, thanks to the audience for listening to us. And I guess just jumping right into it, You know, TRTS has said uh, from the beginning, really, before I joined even, that this is a different kind of watch show. And one thing I realized is that uh, neither you nor Alan do the wrist checks, but I'm going to allow myself one today. Uh, I have my uh, north flag. It is uh, fully wound. I can see the power reserve is fully wound up. It is strapped to my wrist. It is set to time. And uh, I am looking forward to talking about this. So, you know, I guess in terms of where the inspiration for this article came from, I, I enjoy sort of looking at the the bigger picture of things. That's not to say that I, I like kind of, you know, pulling on things that aren't there. But I think there are interesting uh, insights to come out of taking something that maybe it doesn't seem like it means that much, but then you start connecting some dots and uh, there is actually something there. So I think a really obvious example from uh, another, uh, another area is music. So everyone talks about Nirvana. Uh, And nevermind really sort of setting the scene. There's a before nevermind and there's an after nevermind. I know Alon is a a big sneakerhead. I think you could argue there's a before the Jordan one and there's an after the Jordan one if we're talking sneakers. And if you look at the North flag in terms of how it was launched, the reception it got, and ultimately uh, it's sort of fizzling in the marketplace, I think you can make a case that there was a before North flag, there is an after North flag, and you can draw some uh, insights about where the industry is today and perhaps where it might be going in the next couple of years.
2: Thank you for that, David. Awesome intro. And it's super cool to hear that you actually have uh, the North flag on your wrist and actually own one because I unfortunately snoozed on one on several occasions. I actually agree with almost everything you've written in your audio article, so the article we uh, published a few weeks ago, that Rob read out so sexily with his sexy voice. Unlike the previous article, I didn't agree with a lot of things on what you said with the Tiffany Nautilus. Um, here, I I, I I can only concur. There is definitely a pre North Flag Tudor and a post North Flag Tudor. David Serrato um, was actually the, the genius behind that whole I call it a revolution at Tudor. He, he he started off bringing back the black base, doing the retro uh, vibe. He did the Titanium Pelagos. And then I think it was a stroke of genius with the North Flag. Um, as you've written in your article, first time ever with an in-house movement and you wrote that in brackets you wrote a whole note for rob our in-house resident watchmaker because technically it's a kinesi movement but the majority shareholder is uh, the rolex group so technically you could call it a manufacturer but i like the fact that you uh, put it in uh, highlights first ever watch with an open case back for tudor if i'm not mistaken first time ever with a power reserve on the dial and it was a literal style break for everything tudor's done It was indeed a successor to the uh, Ranger 2, which was ugly as hell. Ranger 1 isn't, and the current Ranger, I think, is cool as well. Uh, Integrate bracelet, is you you mentioned it uh, as citrus colors, which is well put, and that yellow really pops. New style font for the numerals. Ceramic bezel underneath the top-layered titanium bezel. And the integrated bracelet, you could swap over to a textile bracelet. So, yeah, I I I, I really regret it never got the credit it deserved, and that's a pity because it's a actually a historic watch, I think, for Tudor, and I think that we'll see a re-edition of this watch maybe in a decade or so. So this watch will probably be reinvented. I guess it's misunderstood, and as David wrote. I guess the timing wasn't right. They were too early. And when news was circulating, the watch is going to be stopped. A lot of collectors pounced on it. I, with my stupid head, didn't. So I need to get one now in the second-hand market. Actually, I have no critique on whatever David wrote in this amazing article. and. I'm I'm very curious to hear David what your feedback is on my two cents.
1: Alan, I think that's uh, th- that's really great. I agree with everything you said, and in fact, I want to pick out two of those to perhaps throw back to Rob here because the the entire point of my article on the North Flag was it was uh, the right watch or the right watch for the wrong time, I think we can say, and most of the enthusiasm around the North Flag when it was launched. Uh, I mean, clearly I'm sort of remembering here generally about all the articles I read, but almost no one really talked about this integrated watch aspect and everyone was really more excited about the in-house movement aspect. Whereas I think now it would just be a completely different reaction. So uh, Rob, is that something, you know, that that you got the sense of at the time? Do you think differently now? I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I'm the contrarian today because I was never a fan of the North flag and I'm really not much of a fan of it now still. I respect absolutely that it tried to do something different and there are a lot of things that on paper at least I like about it most notably the open case back being able to see the in-house movement as they call it and also the integrated bracelet which as you're rightly stating didn't get quite enough attention certainly not the attention it deserved but overall I found the design thoroughly underwhelming I find it still to be thoroughly underwhelming and even though I knew well in advance that it was about to exit the collection. I wasn't tempted to pick one up and I'm not tempted to pick one up now. So I suppose I very much enjoyed your article because I liked that perspective on it. And I've heard it from many other people. I'm not saying that I'm in the majority here at all. I guess commercially, I probably am because not enough people bought it. And I'm not sure enough people would buy it today if it came out. But what was interesting was the spirit of the North flag, what you have tried to do with it, are things that I thoroughly support. Those things, I'm behind 100%. They are exactly what the watch industry does need to see, and that is an attempt to do something at least vaguely new and not cut from exactly the same cloth as everything else. And I'm glad that such a big brand did take a risk. What saddens me about the whole episode is not the fact that the North Flag didn't get the respect it deserved at the time, or even that it doesn't exist anymore, is that it seems the whole Tudor brand walked back what could have been a very exciting angle for it to take after the failure of the North flag, because it was a failure, I suppose. We can say that openly now, as harsh as it may seem, and took a much more pedestrian route. And now, especially with the release of the BB Pro last year, which maddened me to the point of distraction, I would say, and almost to the point of not even caring about Tudor as a brand anymore, bar for a couple of models like the LHD Pelagos and the 36mm Black Bay, it's just replicating Rolex. And it's just Rolex's little sister brand once again and nothing but that and with the north flag and older models like the black shield and more recently models like the p01 it could have been so different it could have been rolex's experimental arm that's what i was hoping for you know your most recent article that came out last week and one we'll analyze together next week is about a brand which is all about the experimentation, and that's Hublot. And wouldn't it be great if we saw Rolex's cachet but turned towards that kind of wild horology? That would have been nice. That would have been neat. But instead, we got a failed somewhat lackluster attempt with the north flag and now we just have these pedestrian middle of the road copycat models which are great watches for the money don't get me wrong are there better bits of metal than the quicker just clasp on the pelagos i mean that's one of the best things in the industry especially at that price point but come on the rest of the line sends you to sleep what do you have to say about that
1: tell us how you really feel rob that's uh that's uh that's good no i mean i, I respect that but I th- and i think you're you're right uh, from a, what's the word? Like from a logical point of view, you're right. I mean, Tudor could have gone this new direction, but can you really blame them though? And Alon, I think what's really great uh, from your point of view is that you're at the retail point of view. So I'd be curious to know, do you remember kind of what the initial reception was, what traffic looked like for the model? And I guess this is more of a general question after that, but what do you think causes that, enthusiasm gap. So there'll be this real kind of burst of excitement online, but then it doesn't seem to translate to sales. I mean, where does that stumble
2: happen, in your opinion? For those that are not that familiar with Tudor, Tudor was 100% created by Hans Wilsdorf, the founder of Rolex. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it was 1926 where he registered the name. So Rolex was founded in 1905, 21 years later, he wanted to create an additional brand next to Rolex, where Rolex has to be everything high-quality, superlative, as he writes on the dials. And he came up with Tudor, named after a royal dynasty in the UK. As some say, the rose on the shield protects the crown. That's something unofficially used in the industry. And But he only started actually developing watches at the end of second world war so from that moment onwards tudor grew very rapidly in asia but in the rest of the world it was less known and that was the case up until they've revived the submariner styled watches and named them black bay they took the famous snowflake hand and they turned that into a lookalike Rolex watch, but very much their own identity. And that was uh, 10 and a half years ago, let's say. So the Black Bay, as we know now, celebrated a decade anniversary uh, last year. And that was really on the wave of retro-inspired watches. So up until then in Europe, you hardly would see Rolex lookalikes you would hardly see those tutors on wrists or in stores. And they really start diversifying with the Advisor. I don't know if you gents remember the Watch with the Alarm, which was another style break, but inspired on an old model. Um, and then they did those Black Bays, which were retro-vibed, and then the North um, So that's why I think, David, you rightfully said There is a pre-North flag period and a post. Not only style-wise, also because that was the start of their push to become a manufacturer. Because up until that day, the Rolex group always used external calibers for Tudor. Always. They never intended on becoming a manufacturer with that brand because they wanted to create volume pieces. Um, it, It literally was meant as the poor man's Rolex. They never used that slogan, obviously. But Rolex doesn't really mind when people say that. They don't take that offensively because it was meant for the masses. So they that's why the old Tudors had Rolex cases, Rolex bracelets. You'll see the case backs and the crowns actually have a Rolex logo on them. But the movements were sourced externally, and that's how they could keep the price lower than actual Rolex watches. So that was the philosophy behind Tudor. Um, over 10 years ago, they said, okay, it's time for Rolex, no pun intended, to rise to their zenith, and we're going to do our own thing. And Rob, you said just now, you would have loved to see tudor do everything that rolex doesn't but technically they did if you think about what they did the last 10 years we saw bronze watches we saw black pvd watches we saw ceramic watches titanium colors so they did use tudor as a sandbox an experimental lab i guess you also mean style wise that's why i own a pelagos because that is a modern interpretation of a dive tool watch which i love. Also, Davide Serato was one of the guys behind that concept design and and, and getting it executed. I'll give you that. Those designs
0: were experimental and they were exciting. And it was nice to see Tudor experiment with different materials like bronze and like 925 silver and the the PVD and the DLC coatings and whatnot. The ceramic cases of the Fast Riders as well. I used to love those watches when they came out. They're very much of their time now. And I suppose that is perhaps the best, in my opinion, counter-argument to what I'm putting forward here, my vision of what Tudor could or perhaps should have been, or should or perhaps could have been, one might say, and that is that all the things I'm suggesting are maybe destined to be nothing more than flashes in the pan. And Tudor as an arm of Rolex is not really about that. You know, as you always say, Alon, Rolex is the brand of evolution, not revolution. And to push it too far in a revolutionary direction would be something quite uncomfortable for their overarching management structure and not something they really want to risk tarnishing the name of Rolex. So perhaps it was always going to happen that Tudor would throw out a few curveballs here, there and everywhere and slowly walk its way back towards the pack and mature into this lower tier Rolex as it was intended to be originally. And as it does very well right now, David, you asked two questions at the end of your last, uh, turn on the mic and you said, can you blame them? Can I blame Tudor? Directly in response to that, I say, yes, I can blame them. And I will vociferously blame them because, well, every brand needs to be held to account and it's absolutely true, as you also mentioned, that a watch can be popular in the media and create a storm of interest online, like the PO1 did, but then fail to show the same level of enthusiasm commercially. It can fail to become the darling of the public in the same way that it managed to become the darling of the press. And that's a sad truth. That's, that's a line that needs to be trodden here very carefully. If you want success in the watch industry, everybody asks for novelty, but then when they are presented with it, they tend to run a mile and they go back to the safe, warm embrace of the silhouettes that we've seen for the past 40, 50, 60 years dominating the industry. So what does a brand do? It's a very tough conundrum now in my opinion the reason why i can stand there and say yes i blame tudor for not taking this risk is because if there is one brand that has the financial clout and backing of an absolute mainstay in the watch industry it is tudor because it has such a strong foundation upon which it's able to be experimental and be creative and take risks and keep those risks separate enough for rolex to not risk damaging the crown's reputation in my opinion now if i am a Damage limitation specialists sitting in the boardroom of Rolex, I'm probably saying we don't do anything but release like flat black dials between 39 and 42 millimeters for the next 10 years because we're going to sell them out by the crate and that'll be good enough. Tudor doesn't need to do anything for success, it doesn't need to do any more than it's already doing. But oh my god, wouldn't it be great if they just did, just for the sake of entertaining us, for the sake of giving us something to talk about? And the North Flag. We're lauding it here as if it's like some kind of revolutionary watch. But I mean, it's flat, crystal, rather thick, black and yellow, power reserve, time watch. It's not reinventing the wheel, really, is it? It's not pushing the boundaries as far as they could be pushed. What is it about it that you love so much?
1: When you put it that way, it's, it's actually hard to disagree. Uh, you know, one thing I was looking at uh, or trying to look at while um, while you were talking, Rob, was just going to the Tudor website and seeing of those models that you and Alan mentioned, like the Heritage Advisor, uh, the, the Fast Rider, uh, the Heritage Chrono, you know, how much of that is actually left on the website? And I, I might've been wrong, so either of you please correct me, but the only one I could find was the Heritage Chrono. So it very much does look like um, Tudor did have this very experimental period, converged basically on, as you said, Rob, kind of very conventional looking watches. And now we're in that period afterwards. And I guess I'll, I'll jump on to your second question by uh, trying to bring up or bringing up another point, which I wrote about in the, the article, which was how similar I thought it was to uh, another, I guess, more successful watch, which this is a bit of a mouthful, hopefully I get all of it, but the Vacheron Constantin uh, Dual Time Overseas Everest. So uh, not the chronograph version, but the uh, Dual Time. And I was thinking when I was writing this uh, this article, then turned into the article, that they're they're pretty similar watches, not in execution so much, but certainly in, in concept. And one had this huge enthusiasm uh, sort of uh, burst, which was the, the Vacheron, and sold out obviously because it was limited. The Tudor, very much the same thing, uh, a couple years before, had the same enthusiasm burst, but kind of fizzled. So, my question to, to you both is you know, was I crazy in trying to make that comparison, A? And B, does that sort of reinforce the fact that the the North Flag actually was maybe the right
2: watch just for the wrong time? A few valid points and great things. So to go back to what you said, the Heritage Chrono is discontinued as well. So it's still on the website, but I can't order them anymore for quite some time. So I guess until the market is empty, they'll take it off the website. And it seems Tudor is a bit all over the place. So if we analyze their collections, the 1926 is very classic dress watchy whereas they sold crates full, as Rob used the term, in Asia of these three-hands dress watches. Um, they discontinued that as well. Then they brought the Royal Collection uh, about two years ago. Looks like a day-date, more of a Oyster Quartz-ish style, also with an integrated bracelet, fluted bezels. Um, very successful, but from a design perspective, boring, Right. But then, on the other side of the spectrum, they made the Pelagos FXD, which is a modern interpretation for the Marine National. And this is especially for you, uh, David, as a proud Frenchman. And I think that's a very cool watch. So, it seems that the legacy of the Pelagos family, of being modern, works and they're still doing it. The 39, I think, is a super cool watch, the Pelagos 39. I just regret the fact that they add a bit of shimmer to a tool watch. I think that the original Pelagos with a satinated ceramic bezel and a satinated dark dial, blue or black, is the way to go for tool watch, but does very well. P01 was mentioned earlier on. How cool is it that they brought a prototype watch made for the U.S. Navy into fruitation, but that doesn't do well either. It's the hard, hard, hardcore collectors that buy it. Besides that, it's an ugly beast, obviously, but it's so cool how you can unlock the bezel with a click mechanism in between the lugs. So it seems they're going all over the place. But as you rightfully mentioned so, Rob, by quoting me, and to make it full circle, Rolex is all about evolution and revolution. And it seems they're doing the same with Tudor. They're making blockbuster watches. It's all about volume, because they are an industrialized manufacturer. They do everything in volume, qualitative, but big volumes. And it seems they want the same for Tudor, right? They don't see it as a sandbox or experiment, experimental lab. Maybe they should make or buy a third brand. That should be an idea. I've got a question. We keep talking about
0: the Tudor North flag
2: being perhaps the right watch
0: at the wrong time. But if I'm being totally frank as... Uh... <laughs> David has alluded to, I know no other way of being. Is it, do you honestly think that if that watch came out today, and I'm saying devoid of what we know about the Tudor North Flag's history, so obviously if it it came back, there'd be a rush of interest. A few people that missed out the first time that regretted the fact they missed out because it was discontinued would buy one because they didn't want to miss out again. But I mean, if it came out completely new, would that watch style now, today... Be what the buying public would rush to spend their hard-earned cash on. Do you believe that? Yes. yes. Oh my God! Was that a yes in unison from both of
2: you?
1: Yes, oh. I hundred percent believe that. Alan, you go. You go first, but I'll go afterwards. Yeah,
2: I raised my hand, so it's my right first, uh, guys. On the back end, we can raise hands. So I raised my hands digitally. I wanted to jump in quickly with a hardcore yes. You know why, Rob? You and I. Uh, are, are lyrically waxing all these contemporary designs, cutting-edge designs, modern designs. It is a bit outdated because it was incepted in 2015, but uh, with a little bit of tweaking, and you make it more contemporary. We're we're riding a huge wave of integrated bracelets, right? Titanium is on vogue. I mean, they used titanium early on, so they were too early with titanium. We see splashes of of colors going on. Um if they do a little tweak to the font, I think it will be a very hardcore. And for those that held the watch, the case is a bit um it's a bit thick. It's a bit tall. But all Tudor cases are a bit thick and tall. It's a bit
0: like a barrel.
2: Yeah, it's a barrel, but but yeah, but it's 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 concentric. So it's it it doesn't shoot straight down in a straight line if you look at the angles of the case. So I think with a with a bit of fixes You said that in 2015, this wasn't that innovative. It it kind of was, and definitely for Tudor. Yeah, it's not a Big Bang by Hublot or uh, take the Defy uh, by Zenit, which are contemporary watches, or an Octo Finissimo. But for a Tudor, this was very modern. So I think that if they tweak it a little bit, I think it could be a hit. Yes. Back to you, David. Yeah, no,
1: I I totally agree. Look, I mean, you know, if if we're in the world where uh that Rob laid out for us, which is where this thing doesn't exist up until let's call it just you know the next Watches and Wonders or Geneva Watch Days. Uh I think, yeah, this would be huge because the the watch buying public has proven that they want to buy integrated steel, integrated bracelet steel sports watches. They've proven that uh Tudor is a brand from which they want to buy. I think it'd be huge. And just to throw this out there, if we're sort of dreaming of design tweaks, I remember going down uh, a message board rabbit hole years ago, a couple years after the the North flag was originally released. And someone had said, I heard a rumor that they were going to replace the power reserve with a second time zone. And I think if you did that and turned it into a GMT watch, uh, I mean, come on. I think, Alon, you'd sell these things out the door. That, that's That's my view, but I don't see how it wouldn't sell.
0: I do think that that would tangibly improve the model, yeah, and make it more interesting. Um, I'm actually a big fan of power reserves. And I certainly don't mind the way it was rendered, but I just think having that extra really active complication, shall we say, I've I'd, I'd never really used that term before, but let's say a power reserve is like a passive complication and a GMT function would be an active complication. I think that might make it more attractive to people for whatever reason. And I could certainly see that, yeah, this is maybe a more, fertile breeding ground for for integrated bracelet steel sports watches, and maybe it would enjoy a little bit more of a day in the sun but I mean is it what the Tudor audience wants Tudor to be I'm protesting the fact that Tudor didn't become what I wanted it to be and saying that they never went as far as I wanted them to go but look at the success of the Tudor Ranger which in my opinion (laughs) <laughs> My very loudly stated opinion, because I'm going off on one on this episode for some reason, is just the dullest watch I think I've ever seen. And it's it's so painfully disappointing that this is a headline release from a major brand. I, 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 ca- I can barely muster an enthusiasm, and it's only because of the respect I have for the Pelagos LHD, for the Pelagos line in general, really good, love that dive watch in the metal it's an absolute steal for the money and it really is i think a modern classic and the bb36 as i've waxed lyrical over before but it's only because of my respect for those models that i still mention tudor's name with any kind of gloss attached to it whatsoever because i'm getting thoroughly sick i hated the royale i thought that was nonsense i thought that looked like a cheap trinket that you'd get out of one of those little 20 cent machines at the supermarket that you you know you put your money in and you twist the twist the knob and you get a sticky hand or a glitzy little watch ring out of them that was just nonsense that was horrible and the lower end of the tudor collection can just take a running jump that should just be got rid of entirely it's not doing anyone any favors whatsoever you can get better stuff from long jeans or hamilton at that price point better looking stuff better quality stuff no forget it but Honestly, if the Tudor buy-in public is going nuts over the Ranger, which by all accounts I've heard they are, could you imagine that them coming out with a watch which would now, let's say, be priced in what region? What, 3,000 euros, 3,500 euros for a GMT North flag? Would that sell? You're so confident. You're both so confident. Am I going to get another yes in unison from you? Yes.
1: yes. I have to say this, Rob, because you said it's a steel in the metal. I guess I would say it's a titanium in the metal. Uh had to do it. Lol. Uh, the second point. you make <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
1: right. Uh, that's why I'm here is for my, my witty sense of humor. No, I think that the second uh, point you were making about kind of general comments on the range, you know, we're having kind of a sidebar discussion here as we record this. And Alan and I are just kind of going through everything, everything that's been discontinued. And it really does seem like all that's left are the Black Bay and the Pelagos. So I think that's another conversation we can have about, you know, I guess strategy wise, is it wise to put all, you know, all of your eggs in one basket like that? That's for another conversation. But I think if the North flag were to come out in this environment where the only thing people want are the black Bay and the Pelagos, I think the North flag is different enough to really set itself apart from those, but also similar enough to those watches, you know, sports watch, stainless steel, et cetera, et cetera, that I think it would kind of toe that line, uh, and and create interest while still making consumers feel very safe in their choice.
0: All right. Okay. I'm receptive to this idea. I like the GMT idea more than I do the power reserve being brought back just as it was. So maybe if we ever get to sit down across the table from Tudor, I will cede control of that conversation to you, David, and you can pitch the idea of a real-time show, special edition rebirth of the North flag with a GMT complication at nine o'clock instead, because I mean, let's face it, they've still got all the tools that they need to make it. So there's no reason why they couldn't bring it back. How do you feel about that as a little summer project for you?
1: Well, you may not have a choice but to send that to me because they may not invite you after what you just said. But uh, I think that's uh, that's what the, the listenership comes here for is, is for the, the hot takes. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm pretty sure Tudor's skin is thick enough to survive a little bit of uh, bluster from me. Yeah.
1: For the audience's benefit, you know, Rob has this English sense of humor I'm still getting used to. So yeah, I'm sure Tudor can manage it. Uh, as well, but no, I, I think you're right, look, I think, yeah, but this time
0: I'm not joking <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you, there you go. No, look, I think ultimately any product release is always a bit of a gamble, you know, you sort of gather the data you can, you design the watch that you think is gonna sell, and then you cross your fingers, and uh, you know, just kind of on the the very vague data points I have in my head, I think that you know there's no such thing as a sure thing, but this is pretty close to that. I think that would be my closing thoughts on the north flag.
2: My closing thoughts are Rob will never be invited anymore to any <laughs> rolex group no i'm just kidding um that's the beauty of it that everybody has his own views passions and preferences um we neglected the whole comment about the vacheron sorry about that david um i think it was valid it was very interesting how you actually bridged that um maybe for another discussion i think we're going to wrap it up now it's interesting and and it seems that Tudor is looking for where to take their brand next. So for our dear listeners, we would love to hear where you think Tudor should go. And we'd love to hear if you love or hate the North flag.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks for listening guys. We really appreciate it. You can get in touch with us all on Instagram. I'm just going to do the Instagrams today. That's at Rob Nuds, R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S at Alon Ben Joseph. That's A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H and at d-a-vaucher that's at d-a-v-a-u-c-h-e-r did i spell that right david you absolutely did Ah, did that from memory all right great thank you for joining us for this article analysis we'll be back next week with more analysis on last week's hublo article also written by david vaucher thanks again guys we'll see you soon until then stay safe and keep on ticking